0: Larry 21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to Connect the Conspiracy with your host, Larry Lees. Join him as he dives into some of the biggest conspiracies in history and attempts to separate fact from fiction. Welcome to Connect the Conspiracy. I am your host, Larry Elise. Today we're diving into Area 51, but let us first thank our sponsor, Pondex, for sponsoring this episode. Pondex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. Whether you're a new podcaster or a current broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, come check out poddex.com and use the code Larry 21 for 10% off your order. So alright, let's dive right into our main topic. The intense secrecy surrounding the base has made it the frequent subject of conspiracy theories and a central component of unidentified flying object folklore. It has never been declared a secret base, but all research and occurrences in Area 51 are top secret Slash sensitive compartmented information. The CIA publicly acknowledged the base's existence on June 25, 2013, following a Freedom of Information Act request filed in 2005 and declassified documents detailing its history and purpose. The original rectangular base of 6 by 10 miles is now part of the so called Groom Box rectangular area measuring 23 by 25 miles of restricted airspace. The area is connected to the internal Nevada test site, road network, I should say, with paved roads leading south to Mercury and west to Yucca flat. Leading northeast from the lake, the wide and well-maintained Groom Lake Road runs through a pass in the jumbled hills. The road formerly led to mines in the Groom Basin, but has been improved since their closure. Its winding course runs past the security checkpoint, but the restricted area around the base extends farther east. After leaving the restricted area, Groom Lake Road descends eastward to the floor of the Tickaboo Valley, passing the dirt road entrances to several small ranches, before converging with State Route 375, better known as the Extraterrestrial Highway south of Rachel. Area 51 shares a border, with the Yucca flat region of the nevada test site the location of 739 of the 928 nuclear tests conducted by the u.s department of energy at nts the Yucca mountain nuclear waste repository is southwest of groom lake but what is groom lake groom lake is a salt flat in nevada that was used for running runways excuse me of the Nellis bombing range test site airport on the north of the Area 51 U.S. Air Force military installation. The lake sits at 4,409 feet elevation and approximately 3.7 miles from north to south and three miles from east to west at its widest point. Located within the namesake Groom Lake Valley portion of the Tanopa Basin, the lake is 25 miles south of Rachel, Nevada. And now... Let's go on to the more intriguing topic u.s government's positions on area 51 the u.s government has provided minimal information regarding the mysterious area 51 the area surrounding the lake is permanently off limits to both civilian and normal military air traffic security clearances are checked regularly cameras and weaponry are not allowed even military pilots training in the NAFR risk disciplinary action if they stray into the exclusionary box surrounding Groom's airspace. Surveillance is supplemented using buried motion sensors. Area 51 is a common destination for Janet, a small fleet of passenger aircraft operated on behalf of the Air Force to transport military personnel pr- primarily from Harry Reid International Airport. The U.S. Geological Survey topographic map. With for the area only shows the long disused groom mine the civil aviation chart published by the Nevada DOT shows a large restricted area defined as part of the Nellis restricted airspace the National Atlas shows the area as lying within the Nellis Air Force Base there are higher resolution and newer images available from other satellite imagery providers including Russian providers and the iconis these show the runway markings space facilities aircraft, and vehicles. On June 25, 2013, the CIA released an official history of the U-2 and Oxcart projects which ignored the existence of Area 51 in response to a Freedom of Information Act request submitted in 2005 by Jeffrey T. Richelson of George Washington University's National Security Archive. It contains numerous references to Area 51 and Groom Lake, along with a map of the area. And of course, with all the stuff that's going on in Area 51, it was the focus of an environmental lawsuit. In 1994, five unnamed civilian contractors and the widows of contractors Walter Kaza and Robert Frost sued the Air Force and the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. They alleged that they had been present when large quantities of unknown chemicals had been burned in open pits and trenches at Groom. Rutgers University biochemists analyzed biopsies from the complaints and found high levels of dioxin, dibysinophrin, and triclothylene in their body fat. The complaints allege that they had sustained skin, liver, and respiratory injuries due to the work at Groom, and that this had contributed to the deaths of Frost and Kazu. The suit sought compensation for the injuries, claiming that the Air Force had illegally handled toxic materials and that the EPA had failed in its duty to enforce the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act, which governs the handling of dangerous materials. They also sought detailed information about the chemicals, hoping that this would facilitate the medical treatment of survivors. Congressman Lee Hamilton, former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, told 60 Minutes The Air Force is classifying all information about Area 51 in order to protect themselves from a lawsuit. The President annually issues a determination continuing the Groom exception, which is the only formal recognition that the government has ever given that Groom Lake is more than simply another part of the Nellis Complex. An unclassified memo on the safe handling of F-117 Nighthawk material was posted on an Air Force website in 2005. This discussed the same materials for which the complaints had requested information, which the government had claimed was classified. The memo was removed shortly after journalists became aware of it. In December 2007, airline pilots noticed that the base had appeared in their aircraft navigation systems. Our latest Jeppesen database revision with the ICAO airport identifier code of KXTA and listed as... Omie Airport. The probable inadvertent release of the airport data led to advice by the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association that student pilots should be explicitly warned about KXTA not to consider it as a waypoint or destination for any flight, even though it now appears in public nat- navigation databases. Now let's talk about a little bit about the security of Area 51, shall we? At least what we know. The perimeter of the base is marked out by orange posts and patrolled by guards in white pickup trucks and camouflage fatigues. The guards are popularly referred to as camo dudes by enthusiasts. The guards will not answer questions about their employers. However, according to the New York Daily News, there are indications they are employed through a contractor such as AECOM. Signage around the base perimeter advises that deadly force is authorized against trespassers. Technology is also heavily used to maintain the border of the base. This includes surveillance cameras and motion detectors. Some of these motion detectors are placed some distance away from the base on public land to notify guards of people approaching. Duane Day published Astronauts in Area 51, the Skylab incident, in the Space Review in January 2006. It was based on a memo written in 1974 to CIA Director William Colby by an unknown CIA official. The memo reported that astronauts on board Skylab had inadvertently photographed a certain location. There were specific instructions not to do this. It was the only location that had such an instruction. The name of the location was obscured by the context and led Day to believe that the subject was Groom Lake. Day argues that the CIA considered no other spot on Earth to be as sensitive as Groom Lake. The memo details debate between federal agencies regarding whether the images should be classified, with Department of Defense agencies arguing that they should and NASA and the State Department arguing that they should not be classified. The memo itself questions the legality of retroactively classifying unclassified images. The memo includes handwritten remarks apparently by Director of Central Intelligence, Colby. Secretary of State Rusk did raise it, said the State Department. People felt strongly, but he was inclined to leave the decision to me. I confess some questions about need to protect, since USSR has it from its own stats. What really does it reveal? If exposed, don't we just say classified USAF work is done there? The declassified documents do not disclose the outcome of discussions regarding the Skylab imagery. The debate proved moot as the photograph appeared in the federal government's archives of satellite imagery, along with the remaining Skylab photographs. On January 28, 2019, an unidentified man drove through a security checkpoint near Mercury, Nevada, in an attempt to enter the base. After an eight-mile vehicle pursuit by base security, the man exited his vehicle carrying a, quote, cylindrical object and was shot dead by NSNN. SS security officers and sheriff deputies after refusing to obey requests to halt. Fortunately, no other injuries were reported. Let's take a look at some of the conspiracies surrounding this base. Area 51 has become a focus of modern conspiracy theories due to its secretive nature and connections to classified aircraft research. Theories include the storage examination and reverse engineering of crashed alien spacecraft, including material supposedly recovered at Roswell, the study of their occupants and the manufacture of aircraft based on alien technology, meetings or joint undertakings with extraterrestrials, the development of exotic energy weapons for the SDI initiative or other weapon programs, the development of weather control, the development of time travel and teleportation technology, the development of exotic propulsion systems related to the Aurora program activities related to a shadowy one-world government or the Majestic 12 organization. Many of the hypotheses concern underground facilities at Groom or at Papoose Lake, also known as S4 location, 8.5 miles south, and include claims of a transcontinental underground railroad system, a disappearing airstrip nicknamed the Cheshire Airstrip, which briefly appears when water is sprayed onto its camouflage asphalt and engineering based on alien technology. In the mid-1950s, civilian aircraft flew under 20,000 feet while military aircraft flew up to 40,000 feet. The U-2 began flying above 60,000 feet and there was an increasing number of UFO sighting reports. Sightings occurred most often during early evening hours when airline pilots were flying west saw the U-2's silver wings reflect the setting sun, giving the aircraft a fiery appearance many sightings reports came to the air force project blue book which investigated ufo sightings through air traffic controllers and letters to the government the project checked u2 and later oxcart flight records to eliminate the majority of ufo reports that it received during the late 50s and 60s although it could not reveal to the letter writers the truth of what they saw similarly veterans of experimental programs such as oxcart and area 51 agree that their work inadvertently prompted many of the UFO sightings and other rumors. The shape of Oxcart was unprecedented with its wide disc-like fuselage designed to carry vast quantities of fuel. Commercial pilots cruising over Nevada at dusk would look up and see the bottom of Oxcart waves by at 2,000 plus miles per hour. The aircraft's titanium body moving as fast as a bullet would reflect the sun's rays in a way that could make anyone think of a UFO. They believe that the rumors helped maintain secrecy over Area 51's actual operations. The veterans denied the existence of a vast underground railroad system, although many of Area 51's operations did occur underground. And you can't talk about Area 51 without talking about Bob Bob Lazar. Excuse me. Bob Lazar claimed in 1989 that he had worked at Area 51's Sector 4, said to be located underground inside the Papoose Range near Papoose Lake. He claimed that he was contracted to work with alien spacecraft that the government had in its possession. Similarly, the 96 documentary Dreamland, directed by Bruce Burgess, included an interview with a 71-year-old mechanical engineer who claimed to be a former employee in Area 51 during the 1950s. His claims included that he had worked on a flying disc simulator which has been based on a disk originating from a crashed extraterrestrial craft and was used to train pilots. He also claimed to have worked with an extraterrestrial being named J-Rod and was described as a telepathic translator. In 2004, Dan Burick, pseudonym of Dan Crane, claimed to have worked on cloning alien viruses at Area 51, also alongside the alien named J-Rod. The scholarly credentials are the subject of much debate as he was apparently working as a las vegas parole officer in 1989 while also earning a phd at the state university of new york in june 2019 more than 2 million people responded to a joke proposal to storm area 51 which appeared in an anonymous facebook post the event scheduled for september 20th 2019 was billed as storm area 51 they can't stop all of us in an attempt to see them aliens Air Force spokesman Laura McAndrews said the government would discourage anyone from trying to come into the area where we train American Armed Forces. Two music festivals in rural Nevada were subsequently organized to capitalize on the popularity of the original Facebook event. Between 1,500 and 3,000 people showed up at the festivals, while over 150 people made the journey over several miles to get near the gates to Area 51. Seven people were reportedly arrested at the event. Is it a conspiracy or not? Leave me some comments in the comments section below or send us a tweet at Podcast one and let's discuss it. Let us know your thoughts on Area 51. What do you think is really going on? And are there aliens out there? Let us know. And as always, if you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffeecom slash ctcpodcast. Your support helps the channel grow. And as always, Thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. You have been watching Connect the Conspiracy with your host, Larry Ruiz. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast one and on facebook.com slash Conspiracy. You can also find us on Instagram at Conspiracy. If you'd like, you can support the show by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash ctcpodcast. Thank you for joining us.